If you're a natural born marketer, you're one lucky son of a gun. If you're like most people, marketing, especially online marketing, is about as appealing as standing in a police lineup. The May Create team of creatives has transformed websites and digital marketing from craptastic to fantastic since 2005. Our podcast, Marketing with Purpose, makes sense of marketing so you can make purposeful decisions instead of carrying on with the same old crap you've been doing. And now your host, Monica Pitts, founder of Maycreate, with another episode on how to make your marketing not suck. Hello again, this is Monica Pitts. Welcome to Marketing with Purpose. And with me today is, I mean, she's been actually in a couple podcasts now, Stacey Brockmeyer. She has like so many expertises I wear so many hats. So many hats at May Create. And it's wonderful to have her with us so she can once again answer technical questions that I have fallen off the face of the knowledge train for. <laughs> so today, we're going to talk about how to get an email with your company name. And Stacy, what am I even talking about? When you're talking to someone and you're having this like kind of business exchange with them and they give you their email address, sometimes it actually ends in their company name. So mine is Stacy at NayCreate.com. And sometimes it's John Smith at AOL.com. AOL. Or John Eats Rocks at AOL.com. Yeah. AOL <laughs> hasn't been around. I mean, it's still here, but it's probably not been like a leading email provider in a hot minute. And so we want to make you look really professional with that company email address. Now, there's a lot of reasons why you would do this more than just looking professional too. I really suggest that people do it for almost like insurance purposes. Sometimes you have to switch your internet service provider, right? And or sometimes you need to upgrade your email account or do something different to manage your email. And if you have Monica period pits at centurytel.net, then when I cancel my CenturyTel internet service and I move over to Charter, I like I guess I could pay them to keep my email address because that's what everybody has. But it's not easy to change your email address as a business person. Absolutely not. I highly recommend it for that reason because then you're not losing all the things that you've already developed. So explain to me why you wouldn't lose it. How can I change from – CenturyTel to Charter and keep the same email address, Monica at MayCreate.com. How does that work? So that is actually tied to your domain name. So whether it's the same as your website or not, we'll get to that in a minute. You can actually point that to a different place. And so it's not tied necessarily to the provider as much as it is your business and your domain name that is that at companyname.com. So when you say provider, you mean like your email provider. So whoever has your email address. So you could have an email address at Mm centurytel.net. And but when I send and receive emails, you see it as monica at maycreate.com. Yes, absolutely. And so that account can be set up to to intake emails that are at your company email address and send emails as your company email address. Which is both professional and great practice in case you ever decide to switch providers. Absolutely. Okay, so why, well, what do I need? What do I need to do it? Like, I mean, we just talked about 
how, you know, I mean, internet service, but it's not really internet service that you need. I mean, you need internet service to get to your email account, but like, what do I need to have this fancy email address? Yeah. So the first thing that you're going to need is a domain name. And so when I talk about your domain name that's on your website or on your email, a lot of times that's the same. So like for us, maycreate.com is our domain name that you're going to type in that URL bar to get to our website. It's also the same on our email address. Mm -hmm. However, if I had a domain name that was three or four words long, I might consider shortening that for my email address and buying like just a separate one that still goes to my website. Big deal. Don't have a domain on your email that doesn't also go to your website because people are going to type it in. And then if they get this page, it makes you look unprofessional. And the whole reason we're doing this is so that we have insurance, but also so that we can look professional. So you can have a domain name that's either the same as your website or different from your website if you really need to shorten it. If at all possible, keep them the same, but you also want your email address to, you know, fit on a business card. And you'll see the alternate domain, and it can even be a subdomain because, for example, we're in the same city as the University of Missouri-Columbia, and if you get an email from them, it'll be like at mail.missouri.edu. Or at health.missouri.edu. Yeah, so, and that subdomain is just putting another word in front of the core domain name, which is Missouri.edu. So mail would be that sub at the beginning. And right. and that's, I mean, talk to your IT professional or your web developer to figure out how to put that together. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's lots of different ways to modify it and, and make it work for you. But what Stacy's saying is if you're going to have health.missouri.edu as your email, domain, then you also need to make sure that that goes out to your website proper. Because you, I mean, you can have multiple nicknames for your website. It doesn't mm -hmm. just have to be makecreate.com. It can be podcast.makecreate.com, which would take you to the podcast page, or blog.makecreate.com, which might take you to the blog page. Actually, mm -hmm. it doesn't take you to the blog page. Don't type that in. Forget I ever said it, actually. Go to makecreate.com. Maybe we'll just set it up. We'll just set that up. Oh, yeah. See? She's, she gets the it domain done. Girl. Domain girl. I can do that. Get it done, domain. I'll call my domain girl about that. She'll get it done. I'll call your people. Yeah. You can call my people. Yeah. Have your people call my people? I don't know. Whatever. We, we're each other's people. We are each other's people. <laughs> I guess we're calling each other right now. It's fine. <laughs> so who? Sad you got to be the middleman on that. Yeah. <laughs> who do I need to work with to, okay, first I think I need to understand who I need to work with to get a domain. And then I have to figure out who I can work with that's a good, like, email provider, right? Right. So you, there's lots of domain companies out there. Probably the most common ones are GoDaddy and Network Solutions. There's also Bluehost. There's one called Two Cows. There is FastDomains.com. I'm not, this is not an ad. This is not an ad, but my favorite is GoDaddy. They're super easy to work with. They're really nice to talk to. Mm -hmm. So you need to go buy your domain name. Make sure it's from a company that you can work with easily because sometimes you do need to call them. And then, so you have your domain name now. How do you, how do you set that up to be an email? So you, there's the big companies like the Googles, the Microsoft 365, those types of companies. We obviously use Google because, you know, if you listen to the last podcast, I think we should get We're actually Google worshipers over here. We should get a commission on that. <laughs> but um, 
The nice thing about that is it, you don't have to work directly with Google because you're never going to get somebody on the phone. But there are resellers for Google. There are resellers for Microsoft 365. Those people can actually help you choose which one is right for your business. And then you can work with an actual person. And the kicker is they don't cost anymore. They don't. They charge you the same amount that Google will charge you or that Microsoft 365 will charge you, but you actually have a human to talk to. So I highly recommend going with a a reputable email client is the technical term for that email service provider, but then also um, finding a local company that, or someone that you can actually talk to and that will, will help you set it up and decide which one you actually need. Yes. And to clarify, the thing that will be the exact, not the, well, exact, yes, the same cost is the service fee to Google or to Microsoft 365. Now, there could be varying setup fees for it. I mean, if you set it up through Google, you're on your own. You're going to figure out how to do it on your own. You could listen to our really fancy podcast about how to set up your um, Gmail to make it awesome. Um, but also know that these companies that offer the services are usually extremely diversified in how to set up the different systems and use them to make your business more efficient. So, but they but they will likely charge you for that. And they should. I mean, it's consulting. They're helping you improve your business. It's not it's definitely worth every penny. And when we first got started, we absolutely had people help us with that kind of stuff. And, you know, now Stacy's the expert. So, well, and think about it just from the fact of you're not an expert on it. You're going to spend hours probably figuring all this out. And if you were actually spending those hours on your business, um, not with just setting up your email, you're probably actually going to make more money in yeah. the long run than what you're going to pay the company who's going to set up your email. So there is that. So you need a domain name. You need an email account. All right. So... How much, oh, wait, before I ask you how much it costs, can I do it with like a free, because we just talked about paying for a Google account, but there's a free Google account too. So can I do it with the free Google account? Yeah, you can do it with a free Google account. Um, It's not ideal. The way it works with a free account is your email address is always going to be at Gmail, but you can send and receive mail as an alias. So it's just like, you know, you kind of put a mask on it. It's not necessarily that you're using that name as your base email. And so there are definitely some features and things that come along with the paid account that I really love. Like unlimited storage. Unlimited storage is so great. Because I'm an email hoarder. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> okay. Um. So then, but... So how much does it cost if I were going to go with, for example, the um, the Google Suite? Yeah. So uh, the basic Google Suite, I think, is $5 a month, maybe. So you're looking at like $60 a year, maybe even $50 a year. And then they have some really cool like additional plans to that. So for example, if you're a lawyer or you're a even in the healthcare industry, it would be really good for you to explore those higher levels because they have different levels of security. Um, there's even one that's HIPAA approved, which is really nice. And we actually even did the business level, the upgraded level, just because it does have unlimited storage and it has, I mean, it allows us to put all of our files that we create as a company and we create, I can't even tell you. 
how many gigs of data we create a day. We like did it, like we looked at it one day and we were like kind of sick to our stomachs and we kept having to upgrade our servers and do that kind of thing. And so we did go with the upgraded package and we keep all of our files out on the cloud. And then when people need to work from home, because, you know, we live in the middle of Missouri and sometimes it does things like snow and ice here. So then, but, but we work for people all over the country. And I mean, okay, one bunny trail, right? Not that I'm not bunny trailing right now anyway. One day we, it was snowing profusely. Amazingly, it was beautiful. Like the snowflakes were the size of golf balls. Okay, that's an exaggeration. They were the size of quarters, but they were beautiful and they were coming down and our conference room at the time had these huge floor to ceiling windows. And our client that we were talking to was in Texas and I opened up the blinds and I was like, check this out. This is amazing, isn't it? And he's like, I have never seen real snow before. He was like, I've never, never ever. like I've heard that it happens places and I've seen it in movies and stuff, but I've never actually seen it like happening. Like and this is falling from the sky. Crazy. He's like, I can't believe that you guys are still in the office. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's not ice. No. Yeah. So we're fine. We're good. I digress. So that was a good decision for us. And it's not that it was, you know, it was easy. It's like $60. Yeah. A we, year per we, user. we literally have millions of files on it. Yeah. Um, I know that because I moved them all there, like over <laughs> 2 million files at the time that we moved them. So I can't imagine how many files are out there right now. So that upgraded package does come with not only unlimited storage, but we have our entire file share system on there um, through Google File Stream. So we talked about how you have to have a domain name and you you alluded to that the domain name goes to a website and it can also go to email. So will you tell people what part of the domain name points to the email? Yeah. So your domain name has what we call DNS. And I like to think about that as a roadmap. So it's like your home and you're going to look up on Google Maps. How am I going to get to St. Louis, a certain place in St. Louis, or I'm going to look up how to get to Kansas City? Well, when you, these pieces are kind of like your Google Maps. They're going to tell you how to get there. And so there's a piece for your website that's called an A record. And the piece for your email is actually called an MX record. Mm -hmm. So it, that is the piece that tells it where to go. And that's why you can get away with moving your email around and not having to change your email address because you can change the IP address that that MX record goes to. Very cool. And if you're not comfortable doing this by yourself, because there's a lot of people that aren't, definitely just ask a tech professional or your like web developer to help you with it. That's like just somebody like Stacey. Like I am not actually allowed ever to go in and change any of this stuff for my clients. I think I did it at the beginning of our company's life. I mean, I had to have, but I remember breaking things. And so then I was fired from that job and then it got to go to other people instead. Yeah, (laughs) definitely don't do it on your own unless you're familiar with it. I mean, any of the people that you're going to work with, whether it's your web developer or the person who your tech company, your IT person, Mm -hmm. the person who's going to help you with your email, all of those people are always more than welcome to make a DNS record change for you. Mm -hmm. And it can really mess some things up if you're not diligent in making sure that the dots and the numbers are in the right place. Like tell them what happens when you put in the wrong stuff in the MX record. It completely shuts down your email. Yeah. And you don't get those emails. 
You don't ever get to get them back. It's not like they're going to come back to you after you get the right thing in there. They're just literally gone forever, and you don't know who they're from. This is very sad. Make sure you help. Enlist enlist somebody's help. We talked a little bit um, about what our email structure is like. Hold on just a second. The dog is eating a bone in the office, and she is very loud, (laughs) and I don't want this to, like, we're taking the bone away from the dog. All right, so now I'm getting stared down. I'm the mean mother. I took away the bone and I offered like this weird plush toy that she has gutted and she just looked at me like, what? She totally gave you the cold shoulder. She did. She's not even going to sleep with me tonight. It's going to be really sad. Who's going to warm your feet up? I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I I have these microwave rice bags that I might use. (laughs) Good thing I gave you socks for Christmas. Yes. They're so awesome. (laughs) I'm so sad that they have trees on them, like Christmas trees on them though, because I like want to wear them every day just because they're pretty and new and have fun colors on them are there rules can you not wear christmas tree socks every day i guess i can make my own rules you can make your own rules we've done that a lot in our business <laughs> i'm a rule breaker hey speaking of rules back to the like full circle topic at hand okay okay so email like naming conventions we talked about domains but like what about the the precursor like before the app yeah, so there's a, you can really make those anything. I always recommend being like consistent within reason. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have a lot of employees, you're probably going to have to use like first initial last name because you might have four Monicas and three Stacys. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of rough. Or you could do like first name, last initial. So yeah. Stacy B at maycreate.com. But Trying to make sure that your all of your employees' emails are similar to one another. Now, you know the gal with the the crazy German last name. Yes. This poor lady, like I was on the phone with her and she had to spell her email address for me like three times because she has this German last name that's actually pretty long. She said she married into it, so it's not her fault. It's her husband's fault. But it has all these silent letters in it and they all sound like... E, B, D, G. I mean, they all sound the same. It was not awesome. Yeah. So you don't want to have your employees like not getting emails because you made their email really hard. So there is also a certain level of friendliness to using a first name. Mm -hmm. So be consistent within reason. If you have an employee who has a really hard last name and your culture is to use first initial last name, please don't punish them. Yeah. They're punished enough with having, you know, to spell it everywhere else. So make it easy for your clients and the person who actually has to use it. My maiden name was Schumacher. Yeah. S-C-H-U-M-A-C-H-E-R. Yeah, that that Schumacher. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was Yaus. I you can oh just my gosh, yes. guess how to spell it. Just guess. I dare you. <laughs> um and actually goes quite well with the Mickey Mouse theme song, but just <laughs> um, So obviously each person in your company would get that company email address. But then one of the things that we have here that I'm really surprised that our clients don't have is email addresses that send to more than one person. So we have like info at maycreate.com that comes to all the people who are the frontline question answers. We have 
billing at maycreate.com that goes with the people who answer billing questions. We have design at maycreate.com for all the design programs that we that we pay for. So that way, if we have a trouble ticket to put in, it emails out to the entire design team and then everybody knows the status of where we're at with that. Are there like tell me about how that kind of works and and then yeah. what are some you suggest people get? So those are usually free. To send to multiple people, they're called an email alias. And so you can send board at your domain name to all your board members. And the cool thing about those are usually in some situations, it depends on which uh, one of those email clients you choose, but they do not have to have a company email address even. So if you do, if you are an organization and you have a board, you can use that and not every one of your board members has to have an email address associated with your company. Um, yeah, we use it for um, one of my groups that I'm in, members at ColumbiaWin.com. And it just, you email to that one address and it emails out to everybody. And we used to try to manage it through Yahoo Groups. And then the person who managed it decided she wasn't going to manage it anymore. And they're like, well, Monica, you manage it. And I'm like, well, then I'm going to manage it the way that I know how. And that's by... Using this alias mumbo jumbo. Yeah, and you don't even have to subscribe. So one of the things, like I know Google Groups, you have to subscribe to it. So if I invite someone and they don't respond to that invite, then Mm -hmm. we're kind of in a little bit of trouble there and they're not actually getting it. Where if you set it up as an alias, then you're all good. I mean, I always love info. I think that that is something that's pretty standard across some companies goes to, you know, a few people in the office that can either answer the question that's being asked or get it to the right person. Monica mentioned billing. Sometimes sales at company name is a really good one. That way, if you're in taking new leads, Mm -hmm. it can go to to the right people. Mm -hmm. One thing that I do when we're talking about the names of your email accounts If you have an intern or someone that changes over quite regularly, I actually don't necessarily recommend using their name Mm -hmm. because maybe they're only going to be with you three months and then you're going to go through, although relatively simple process of changing over that account to your new person, sometimes it's just easier if you use intern at maycreate.com or mm-hmm. webmaster at maycreate.com or it at maycreate.com. And that can actually be their main email name rather than an alias. Or you can have an alias too that you give out and then they have their own account. So there's a few different ways that you can do it. We've given a lot of suggestions here in this podcast. And if you guys are like me, you're probably driving down the road while listening to your podcast and maybe fumbling for a pen and writing all over your arm right now with these awesome suggestions that Stacey has given us. This is this is the normal practice. Like I come into the office with pen all the way down my arm and I'm like, oh, this is a really amazing idea, Stacey. It's on my arm. And My mother would be so angry with you. She was <laughs> like, she was the mother who was never, like we were never allowed to write on our skin. Well, I mean, considering <laughs> I went through a huge period in my life where I pierced all parts of my body. Okay, only not all. Not all, but I had like all the facial piercings and stuff. And my mom was just like, well, at least they're not tattoos and she can take them out. And so I would color for a while, a total bunny trail right now. But for a while, I colored the same thing on my ankle for 
like months because I thought maybe I would get a tattoo. And so I just colored it like every day. And then um, eventually I stopped coloring it and I looked down and I was like, it's not there and I don't miss it. And so I'm really glad that I didn't get it tattooed on my body. Yeah. So she, I think that she just was like, well. It's better, better than permanent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you need um, like a recap of what we talked about or if you just want to read through the show notes, you can go out to podcast.maycreate.com. And then also for every podcast, we roll it into a blog post and try to really organize the information nicely so you can get it um, in a super like consumable format. You can go out to maycreate.com forward slash blog and just relearn the awesomeness. All right. So thank you so much for being with us today. I know that you have so many things to do, like, you know, having a professional email address for your company now. Go out and make your company look legitimate. Legitimize yourself. (laughs) Go forth and market with purpose. Thanks again for listening to Marketing with Purpose. Head over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. Yeah, you heard me right, M-A-Y-E-Create.com for podcast notes and more resources to grow your business. Don't let your marketing suck. Get your pride on, market with purpose.